Grace, peace, and mercy be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Alleluia! Christ is risen! He is risen indeed. Alleluia! Jesus said to Mary Magdalene, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. This is our text. I don't think we can really get into the emotional state of the disciples and the women on Holy Saturday. They had watched their teacher, mentor, brother, their friend for three years die the most humiliating, excruciating death imaginable. For the disciples and the women, there was no tomorrow. There was no future. The woman they called the Son of God was dead, and their hopes dashed on the rocks of Roman brutality. You know, was he really the promised one, the Messiah? Yet he died. Though Christ repeatedly told them that he would die on the third day rise, the disciples and the women had an imperfect faith. To them, it was outside of the realm of possibility that Jesus would be raised from the dead. No one had ever done this before. This is evident in Mary Magdalene's reaction to our Lord. She doesn't even recognize him. You know, whether this be from grief or Jesus veiling his physical appearance, it never crosses Mary Magdalene or anyone else's mind who encounter the risen Lord for the first time that this is Jesus standing before them, risen from the dead. An impossibility now made possible. A man has come back from the dead, Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. Imagine the joy in Mary Magdalene's voice when she proclaims to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. You know, the disciples fared no better. Their life is turned upside down. You know, even before Holy Week, they knew that their lives were tied to Christ's life. Thomas quips as they head to Jerusalem to witness the resurrection of Lazarus, let us go that we may die with him. On Good Friday, the disciples saw their worst fears realized. Their teacher, friend, and brother was crucified before them. And they knew it was only a matter of time before they were next. And the religious authorities wanted nothing more than to stamp out all this Messiah business. In the upper room, the disciples knew their life was tied to Christ's life. Their fate was tied to his. For all they knew, they had no hope, no future, no tomorrow. They had spent three years with their teacher, friend, and brother, and now all of that was gone. They could see no possible way for the situation to turn around. No one had come back from the dead on their own accord. You can imagine the joy in the disciples' face when they see the risen Lord and when he says to them, Peace be with you. Jesus does what is impossible for man. He physically rose from the dead. He still bears all the marks of his crucifixion, of what it took to win the forgiveness of sins. But he lives, and now that he lives, death has no more hold over him. When Christ rose from the dead, he kicked death's in the teeth. Death sting has no is no more because Christ has abolished death. The bleak darkness of Christ's death on Good Friday is overcome by the light of Easter. 
The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Only through Easter do we know that Good Friday was good. But maybe we can understand a bit of the hopelessness the disciples were feeling. Now, what are things that you are worried about? What are the dark things that seek to destroy your life? What makes us think that there is no future, no hope for tomorrow? Have you been laid off recently from your job and you can't make ends meet for your family? Are you going through a messy divorce and just can't see the light of the tunnel? Have you or a loved one been diagnosed with cancer or a terminal disease and wonder why this is happening? Has a loved one of yours died recently? Do you feel the black hole in your heart because of loss and pain? Today, Christ attaches a promise to tomorrow. It's going to get better, way better, way better than anything we could possibly imagine. With each day, with each tomorrow, Christ attaches this promise. Whatever you're going through is not the end of your story. I have written the end of your story by rising from the dead for you. The thing is, we, we can't see it now, just as the disciples and the women could not see it. Jesus' resurrection from the dead was beyond any of their wildest dreams. Today, Christ defies all of our expectations. The dead are supposed to stay dead. And even if God does bring someone back to life as he did with Lazarus, you're just going to die again. That's just how things work. No mortal can break death's curse. But Jesus does. Jesus breaks death's curse. Jesus is no mere mortal. He is the God-man. He is God graciously visiting his people. And so Jesus cannot stay dead. In him was the life of men. Death could not con contain his indestructible life. He physically rises from the dead. Today he brings his healing words to those who are oppressed by the devil, the world, and the sinful flesh. He promises a better tomorrow. A tomorrow is, that is guaranteed to be better because Christ, because Christ promise, promises to you today that you too will rise from the dead. Paul speaks about this mystery in our epistle reading from Colossians chapter 3 when he says, For ye have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. God's work is hidden in you right now. It is a thing that cannot be seen. It cannot be scientifically measured. Under the veil of our sinful flesh, Christ has made us a new creation. And though our mortal frame dies, though this body of ours is, is tied to Christ's death by baptism, we know that we are also tied to Christ's resurrection. The disciples knew their life was tied to Christ's life. Our life is tied to Christ's life. And if our life is tied to Christ's life, what does that mean? It means that death has no dominion over you anymore. For those who cling to Christ's words, Death is abolished. It has no more power. Christ's resurrection means that there is no sin so great that he cannot forgive. He died for that sin, and even more, he rose triumphant over the power of sin. Jesus is not going to let anything get between you and his love for you. 
our life is tied to Christ's life. And that means that the devil's assaults are powerless. The devil and the demons are rendered powerless because Christ rose triumphant from the grave. You know, whenever something bad happened to me growing up, my father would say, they can't take away your birthday. I would like to change my father's adage. When the attacks of sin, death, and the devil arise in your life, they cannot take away Christ's promise of the resurrection. They cannot take the promise of the resurrection of the dead from you. They cannot steal that comfort, that come what may in life. We know we have that happy ending. You're in Christ's hands. Jesus says to you today, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they know me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. I and the father are one. No one can take this promise from you. Paul proclaims in Romans just how deeply we are tied to Christ's life. For I'm sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's a pretty expansive list. It covers all situations we may find ourselves in. Nothing in this world can separate you from God's love. Christ rose for you because you are his treasured possession. He rose for you because his love is greater than the power of death. And he rose for you that you may enjoy his eternal and indestructible life as a gift. And on the last day, that hidden gift will be revealed when all will rise from the dead. And we will, we will be reunited with all believers in Christ and the new creation for eternity. You know, the pains of this world, the pains of death will be forgotten. They will be no more. We will enjoy eternal bliss and happiness forever and ever. And today we get a brief glimpse of what that looks like in worship. In worship, heaven intersects earth. We get a picture of what eternity looks like. It is a glimpse of that grand reunion. We will see these faces when we rise together on the last day. And when the new creation dawns, that new day dawns, Christ comes Worship is only a small portion of what we'll see on eternity. And we can't imagine what it looks like on that day, that grand and glorious day of our Lord's return, when we will behold his glory and see him with our own physical eyes. See, we will not be raised as incorporeal spirits. We will not become angels. We will not be raised to be fat, chubby cherubs playing a harp in the clouds. No. We will see our Lord face to face. We will be in the physical, immediate presence of the Lord our God, Jesus. We will be in our own physical bodies. We will be there with the disciples, the women, and all who have come before us in the faith, a countless multitude of peoples from all tribes and all nations. And we will join with Mary Magdalene and cry out, I have seen the Lord. You know, I wish that Easter would last forever. The joy of Easter spilling out into each and every day. But as soon as we leave church on Easter, we leave those walls and the hymns and trumpets and the joy fade in the background. We'll go back into a world filled with sin and death. We'll go back into the various battles we are fighting. The words I speak to you today 
do not change your circumstances. You'll go home and face the same battles you were facing. You can now face them with the full assurance that Jesus will always fulfill his promises to you. Though we die, yet we will live. As we endure the assaults of the devil in our life, Christ has given you the victory now. And though the, we leave the church walls and continue to sin, Christ will continue to lavishly forgive us our sins. And when we despair of the dark situations we are in, Christ gives us joy by reminding us that he has guaranteed a happy ending by dying and rising for us. And the reality of the resurrection is impossible with man, but with God, all things are possible. God will turn every evil circumstance in our lives to good and to his glory on the last day. We live as a people of hope. And this hope will not be put to shame because our life is attached to Jesus' indestructible life. Risen from the dead, Christ reigns forever for us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He promises his presence when two or three are gathered in his name. He promises that he is always with us to the end of the age. Take heart. Christ has overcome the world. Now, I don't know what the new creation is going to be like. I haven't been there. But I trust my Lord's words in Romans that the life we live now is not worth comparing to the glory that is to come on the last day. I trust that these bones of mine, when buried into the ground, will rise from the dead. Sin, death, and the devil never have the last say in your life. Christ has the final say. His words to you are this. You have been chosen from before the foundation of the world. I have redeemed you by my blood to be my very own child. And I promise to you that you will be raised to everlasting life on the last day and enter into paradise forever. The day is surely coming. Each day it grows closer and closer. A new day will dawn. May we be found faithful on that day when Christ comes to make all things new. Alleluia! Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen.